Alright, cool. We're back, guys. Uh, we were just finishing up with a conversation about cultural appropriation and hip-hop. This is the hip-hop episode, talking about the influence hip-hop has had on pop culture and how pop culture has also influenced in the same vein. Uh, Chris will be joining us soon. What is that? There is something that popped up here that I'm not used to seeing. But, so we're going to continue that conversation, just finish things up real quick. How you doing, Chris? You you refreshed? Refreshed. Um, so we were talking about some of those people that have appropriated the uh the sounds of the culture. Uh and you had mentioned G Easy and names of the sort uh the light, Post Malone, um, Iggy Azalea. And I, I think it was very interesting because I'm going to it's not necessarily relevant, but there, there's this new person that I've just heard of, and his name is Jack Harlow. Have you heard of Jack Harlow? I think he's a YouTube rapper. I've heard his name. So he's he's on the top ten right now. Like I, he's. I mean, I heard a song today. Actually, every single one of these songs I heard today when I turned on the radio in my car. So that was very interesting. Um. So 2020, this week top hip-hop or top pop songs five are hip-hop can be actually categorized as hip-hop where's the fifth so i see i have rockstar by the baby what's poppin remix by jack carlo savage remix by meg the stallion oh okay Blueberry, Blueberry, Fago by Lil Mosey, and We Paid by Lil Baby. So five. So this is this is what I am I'm saying in terms of maybe this person can make the argument now, hip hop, pop, whatever, because now that you have fifty percent control of the the charts, I will also love to see how that maintains at the year end. At the end of twenty twenty, I want to see what the chart looks like. Because I could say that there's been other times where the chart has been at least half, if not fuller, of hip hop songs. But at the end of the year, how does this actually like turn out? And that could be an interesting conspiracy theory. <laughs> but you, like looking back at these charts, this is one thing I wanted to do prior to going into the last part of this conversation was, well, l- let's just run through it real quick. 1993, you had Whoop, there it is. 94, you really had nothing. And then 95, you had Gangster's Paradise. Which is mind blowing to me when you're actually talking about year end Gangster's Paradise being one of the most popular songs in America. And it's very like, it's interesting because you don't, I, I still don't think, what are you saying? It's not surprising to me because it was the feature song on an extremely popular movie that year. Okay. So to me, it gained far more exposure than it normally would have because it was a single based on the soundtrack coming out with the soundtrack of that movie that I can't remember the name of. So also I want to bring up a point too, when we talk about like gentrification and everything like that, one of the, uh, there's a fetishization over living in an area because of feeling the, uh, the proximity or like feeling like you actually like, are part of something mm-hmm. and i wonder because of gangster's paradise if there's 
uh, element of, of that as well in terms of, oh, I understand. I love Gangster Paradise. So, right. So that's an interesting thing. Then the next year, 1996, and 96 obviously is a big year uh, in this conversation because of, um, actually these two, these two are very interesting to be 96 and 97. 96, you have Crossroads, uh, Bone Thugs. That's interesting, but I, I, I see it because that one's going to have pop crossover appeal because they were kind of like that melodic, they were their melodic rap of the day kind of thing. You know what I mean? They, right. that, and that song is a lot of singing. Dangerous Minds. But Chris, you and I don't like melodic rappers. Oh, it's not that I don't like melodic rap. It's just that I don't like Drake. <laughs> I had to bring it up because taking the blood pop back in, and I just, I just had to do it because I love you guys. <laughs> 1997, you had P. Diddy. I did not write, oh, P. Diddy twice, and that was the Faith Evans, um, I'll Be Missing You, I believe, and it will also be P. Diddy, uh, I Can't Stop, like, We Can't Stop Now. Can't Stop Now. Can't Stop Now. You know that song? Now we're calling it. But but to me, it was also Diddy did a very, uh, he's always had that kind of like pop push to begin with. So him being on the chart, I think was also very formulated. And uh, it was direct, like, I, I think he intentionally was able to get there the way that he wanted to. Um, yeah, 98, 99, 2000, I have listed twice. <laughs> I see that. All have zeros across the board. Um, 2000, how did 2000 get twice? Like, it, it's one of those, like, you hit enter and it, okay, whatever. <laughs> 2001, let me blow your mind. No. Eve, you look what you did. It's trying to fix it. Oh, don't worry about it. Chris, you got to see this comment. I, I, want, I want your hot take on this. Can we just agree that Puffy is evil and a detriment to hip hop? I agree. Ooh. I would have to hear more of a reason why. I'm neither agreeing nor disagreeing. I can either confirm or deny the statement. Well, hey, making the band wasn't reason enough. Yeah. Ooh, okay, fair enough. Um, let me blow your mind, Eve. That's a Philly rapper, so much love. Um, 2002. You had two tracks from Nelly, which would have been probably hot in here. And I think it was Dilemma, whatever. It was something with Kelly Rowland, I believe. Oh, uh, wasn't that over and over again? No, no, that was like the Tim McGraw, like, shit, no. Um, and then Fat Joe was on the list. And then in 2003, you had In the Club and Right There. That's an interesting. That's interesting, and I think it just hap happens to show like when something is such a huge club hit, it can still push in. But I think two thousand three is an anomaly in terms of sound and of the of the era in general. But when I'm looking at Nelly and I'm speaking Nelly, hot in here and then in the club and right there, I say both kind of fall into that pop that pop formula in terms of the timing like the the length of the song and the repetitive nature of that hook that's fair it follows that formula but 
the sound, the, the prevailing sound is definitely not poppy. No, no, not, not poppy, but I, I say those elements allowed it to, to, okay. yeah. Um, and then this is interesting because this is the only time you see Outkast really on the, on the list and it is arguably their poppiest songs. No, that, that's exactly why both of those are on the list is because Hey Ya isn't even a rap song. And The Way You Move is barely a rap song. That would be considered, considered pop rap, that song. So. And, and, but this is what I like. You're starting to see these kind of pop formulated rap songs emerge is when you start seeing this list start to grow. Because now you have Candy Shop and you have Gold Digger. Hip-hop. Yeah, so now you have Candy Shop and Gold Digger, still arguably hip-hop songs. But Candy, but Gold Digger has that formulaic, because, like, just because Kanye is Kanye, you have that formulaic crossover appeal. Candy Shop is just, like, an anomaly on this one. I think that kind of goes like with in the club of like 50 said just had like club appeal. He made a few huge hits and that's why people remember him at all. So yeah. Then following the year in 2006, this is you. You had Ride In by Chameleonaire, which is actually really incredible because you're you're talking about like an anti like anti cop theme song in my mind. Yeah. I mean that that song is definitely it doesn't have any of I'm not even sure how that one made it. Honestly. Would would do you think that like Weird Al helped with this as well? Maybe, but not really, because I don't know when Big Al's song or Weird Al's song no, came yeah. out. Not, neither do I. I was just wondering if, like, okay, so um, you had a song that was going to be, like, catchy or just, like... I would say that Weird Al's parody of it kind of encapsulates the fact that it was as big as it was already but that's, for him to do. But it also then, to my mind, Riding Dirty was huge. What, what, what... The Weird Al comment I'm trying to say is you bring even more attention to it that way. And it helps. You know, when whenever a parody of something is created, that's one, because it's already a success. But then two, you are continuing to elevate and push the success of something by, by doing something like that, like a parody. So that, that was the question. I wonder if it was able to maintain a year-end relevancy because of that. Um, because then the following year, you you see nothing. Nothing comes through in terms of hip-hop. Um, then you have Flow Rider, and I think Rider's already top charts before Weird Al dropped. Uh, yeah. I, so my comment, so, my comment uh, on the Weird Al thing wasn't that Riding hit the, the charts because of Weird Al, but maintained on the charts because of Weird Al. So, well, uh, is this... If this is his official, the official date of release of the song, this is in 2009 that White and Nerdy, his parody actually came out. 
then everything I said was bullshit anyway. So let's like keep going. <laughs> um, so you have Bo and you have Lollipop. Um, would you even consider, what, what would you consider the Lollipop song? Like, that'd be the lo, la, 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 Lollipop. Another pop song. Like through and through, right? And low is is that the flow writer song? Mm -hmm. That's a pop song. Too. That that that's less of a pop song, but it's that's still a very poppy song. So, that, so. That, that's one of the questions I want to bring bring up real quick is can we agree, Little Wayne Lollipop? Yeah, and can we agree that Flow Rider just in general was a hip pop, -hop artist? Like he was a pop rapper. Like that was just like his genre. I don't think he's ever actually had maintained relevance as a pure hip hop artist. Yeah, I agree. And that was that was also part of the difficult part about putting this list together was who do I like one put an asterisk next to and talk about or who do I just say no, because that's why black eyed peas are honest because there was a argument that could have been made. Um, so the following year is the Black Eyed Pea, Kanye, Flow Rider, which we can, I think, all agree, just let's wipe that as a, as a wash. Um, 2010, you had B.O.B. with Airplanes, and then you had Eminem, uh, Love the Way You Lie. Well, we know why Eminem's song is there, and B.O.B.'s Airplanes is like a pop rap song that follows that formula so we see why he's there but he's not prevalent in hip-hop anymore or was barely prevalent he's a flat so. earther b.o.b <laughs> so in 2011 i would argue we can watch this year as well because this version of nikki in particular i believe was just a pop artist and that's you have super bass and then you have Black Eyed Peas with Just Can't Get Enough. So we're going to call it a wash. So not relevant anymore. And then following year 2012, Nicki Minaj again on a pop wave with Starships. Wash. And then it's a very interesting year in 2013 because you have Macklemore with both spots. With Thrift Shops and Can't Hold Us. Yeah, and Can't Hold Us was a, an extremely poppy song. And the other one was not as poppy, but Thrift he's Shop a white rapper, so. Thrift Shop was dope. I actually really enjoyed that, the flow on the song. However, I think when we were looking at that list um, that you had mentioned about that article, I don't know what Macklemore had done or anything that he does as a rap artist that pushes to the actual, like, art itself. And I, I, I think that's the, I can see the issue there. Um, so that was an interesting thing. And then following year, you had 2014 with Fancy by Iggy. Okay, then 2015 is very interesting because you have See You Again with Khalifa, which was a very poppy song, but that was also, like, in my mind, it's the same as... Uh, I'll Be Missing You from Diddy, whereas this was like, a, both of the songs were nods to people who had passed. So there, there's that element that exists within there. And then you also had Trap Queen by Fetty Wap. Crossover appeal, because right. he was more of a singer than a rapper. 
Okay, so now you move forward. You were in 2016. You have Drake with One Dance, and then you have uh, Panther. And One Dance isn't even a rap song. So you have one. Then you move forward, and it's 2017, and this is where I have, like, this two-slash-four thing because you have Humble from Kendrick Lamar, so that's not even a question. The deserve deserving to be in this conversation. Uh, you had Bad and Bougie, which, again, deserves to be in the conversation. Despacito. That's, 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 not, a rap, that, that's not a rap song. That's not a hip-hop song. That's right. just a... But they're hip-hop that's songs. A, that's a... There's reggaeton elements to it, which have hip-hop rel rel um, relevance, but it's definitely, I wouldn't categorize that at all as a hip-hop song or a rap song. This, this, is, this is why I framed it in this capacity. It says two, parentheses four, because of that conversation that needs to be had, I believe, is you have to at least question it or like talk about like why, why one thing may or may not hold relevance in the conversation? Well, I would, my answer to Despacito would be your answer to any pop song that has a rap feature. No, and that's fine. And that, but that was, that was established during this conversation as well. And, that, and I made this list prior to this conversation. And that's why you, you see it fall onto the list. And then the last song is Congratulations by Post. Because again, we had to have the Post Malone conversation because of how he has effectively appropriated the music. Yeah, but that, like, at this point, he's full blown pop artist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But I, again, I think it, the only reason I put him on the list is because the name itself can be associated with rap. But if we go back and really think about it, the only reason it is is because he puts a trap beat, he I'm, puts a trap baseline under all I, of his... I am not defending Post. I am saying the reasons as to why he existed on our list to begin with is to say no. Just to say, because there are people who don't agree with us and and I think it would have been uh, irresponsible not to bring it up. So that that's why, and that's why I, I want to make that like uh, distinction. So then the following year, you have this is my three five. You had two Drake songs. I didn't write them. Uh, put them down, and you had a Cardi B song and then two Pope songs. So immediately. Yeah, no, Marquis said, I'm so sad that the commercialization of rap has caused the phonies to be in our space. Yeah, so it, I, I completely, so you had a few Drake, one Cardi, two Post, you automatically take Post out of it, and there's probably argument to be made that Drake song shouldn't be there, sorry, thicker than blood. <laughs> Just whatever, that's how I feel about Drake. Then, this is the interesting one for me, is you have... Sicko Mode, Old Town Road, Wow. Take Wow out of the conversation when you're into 2019. So now you're looking at um, Sicko Mode, Travis Scott and, with Drake, and you're looking at Old Town Road with uh, Lil Nas X. What, what, what would you read your take on Old Town Road? It's a rap country crossover. So it, it's still... It's still 
fits in hip hop, but it is a crossover song. I am so happy Tanaji Six Nine did not even become a relevant uh, conversation on this because he's just uh, he's irrelevant, really. He's just just all the problems with Six Nine, uh, but yeah genre bending and I, I think that was really cool i think that's actually one of my favorite parts of little Nas x is just this one the chaos i'm a very big fan of chaos that's why i like gritty so much because gritty is just pure chaos um but yeah little Nas x came in and just completely disrupted everything because when you look at it we talked about it before you, you look at a song that completely upset the country world because they wanted to like just um deny how country that song was <laughs> how country that song was because it can be argued that in the top country like pop like because country has completely turned pop when you look at the like origins and stuff like that but when you look at country nowadays Lil Nas X's song was more country than most pop country songs like I don't know how you look at but that you look at Florida Georgia Line and just a completely adopt it as country, but refuse to even acknowledge that Little Nas X made one of the most country songs while bringing in hip hop elements, but also taking the sample from Nine Inch Nails. Like, complete insanity on what he did with one song alone. Just, damn. Um, 2020 would be uh you have the baby with rockstar you have what's poppin remix with jack harlow savage remix with uh megan beyonce blueberry figo with lil mosey and then we paid lil baby <laughs> but you did have hootie and the blowfish i am gonna quote method man and just say what the fuck is a hootie and the blowfish <laughs> uh we need to have a whole darius record conversation Look, the country is a whole other argument that we need to talk about. I, I, uh, during the conversations leading into this this episode, we discussed blues, we discussed rock, we discussed country. Nothing that we actually exactly uh, created country. So there's so many elements to music, specifically, especially when it comes to black culture's influence on music that we weren't able to hit on today, but are going to be elements that we continue to discuss and. Uh, talk about in detail. I have a bunch of quotes and stuff here at the bottom, but I think, you know what, we can probably just talk about this early on in the next episode as we lean into um, what black culture and uh, craft beer looks like. There's, there's a lot of ways that we could have ebbed and flowed all of these uh, topics, but uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We had a great time, thicker than blood. We're going to be Looking forward to that Drake episode with you, Marquise. It was great to see you. You got to see Chris's face. <laughs> um, you could find us on anywhere that podcasts are available once I actually decide to upload all of these episodes that we have been doing on the Instagram series. But we will be here every Thursday, 7 p.m. or 7.30 if I'm running behind uh, to, to bring you an episode and to engage with these conversations. This has allowed us to have a more personal uh relationship with our listeners and we truly appreciate it so if you're not following us but are still watching this somehow follow us hit the link in the bio <laughs> hit the link in the bio to find uh 
ways that you could also support us because uh, we do need your help. But until next time, peace.